Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beertastic Voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Beertastic Voyage. This is Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And this is our special end-of-year special edition beer edition. Edition, edition. Edition, edition. Beer. (laughs) Which I'm willing to say with 100% accuracy will be better than the Star Wars holiday special, special edition of edition thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So anybody that hasn't seen it, go to YouTube. You can find it there. And you will suffer. You can watch B. Arthur do a musical number. And you can watch Wookiees talk with no subtitles, so you have no idea what the hell's going on, because it's not just Chewie making a good noise and going, and you know what's happening. It's whole conversations in Wookiee. That you well, don't yeah, understand. it includes his entire family, and I think his son is named like Stinky or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's terrible. It's so so terrible. And from what I heard about it, none of the cast wanted anything to do with it at all. But we're forced to contractual obligations and such. And Mark has informed me that that is the uh, the first time Boba Fett was seen in media. Yeah, there's actually a cartoon included as part of it. which is Boba Fett's first appearance in any Star Wars media. So that is the only redeeming part of, I think, the two-hour-long special. What, you mean you didn't like Jefferson's starship coming in? Yeah, it is the most surreal, bizarre... It's so bad. It it was was Star Wars mania back in the late 70s. Like, George Lucas was like, it prints money! And, like, (laughs) I just putting out whatever swill he could possibly come up with. And I, I want to plug a really big podcast that explained a lot of it to me that I listened to. Oh, yeah. Um, one of my favorite podcasts is the Stuff You Should Know podcast. Um, and I listen to every single one of their episodes. I'm a huge fan of that. And they have an episode on the Star Wars holiday special where they explain all this kind of stuff. And even they, who are children of the... 70s despise it <laughs> yeah it's i believe everybody despises it and i'm pretty sure george lucas has tried to destroy every known copy of it but the internet once again has come to save us and keep these terrible things around yeah, yeah just it, youtube copies just proliferate everything it's like bunny rabbits well <laughs> i mean the star wars holiday special is one of those things where like it you have to keep it around so people can see it so that they learn from it and never repeat those mistakes again exactly those that those that don't learn history will be doomed to repeat it and we're gonna end up with something terrible like that which i pray would never happen that's why we haven't had a harry potter holiday special or a lord of the rings holiday special because you don't want to see legolas wrapped up in tinsel no but uh, (laughs) i wouldn't be surprised if peter jackson was like let's do this i'd like to see professor umbridge play uh, the grinch I'm sorry, I get way too deep. No, no, absolutely not. I'm sorry. Uh, I watched. I watched Mark's eyes glaze over, but uh, I completely got it. Oh, okay. Sorry. Percent right. Yeah. All right. Cool. I felt really geeky. It kind of like stayed alone, like for a second, like I thought I said something cool, and then everybody (laughs) stared at me. No, no, no. I just honestly was surprised. I didn't expect you to go that far into it. Oh, I I've, thought I was the one. If that was a Harry Potter reference, I've read each of the books three times. I've I've read all the books once. And that was enough. I, I I love it. I'm not like, you know, Harry Potter erotica love it, 
but uh, I I do uh, I do enjoy Harry Potter. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the movies past Goblet of Fire, and I don't think I've ever actually seen a uh, Goblet of Fire like the start to finish in one sitting. But it was one of those things that was on a lot, and whenever I went over to my parents' house, my dad was watching it, and so I'm pretty sure I've seen the entire movie, but just not in one sitting. I feel like every time I ever went to your parents' house, your dad was sitting and watching some kind of movie, usually on, like, TNT. Yeah, a lot of the time. And I'm never sure. I never know what it was, but I don't think he was really watching it either. I think it was just on. Possibly, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, that was... That that was that was great reference and I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. Okay, so let's uh, let's bring this uh, bring this train right back on the rails here. Okay, and uh, let's we're <laughs> back gonna, on the rails. Gonna, just so everybody knows, we're, so we're going to be doing some special special releases for the year. So these are you know yearly either yearly releases or releases that are, are special for an event. Um, and all three of the breweries are ones we visited in the past. The first one is going to be the Long Island Black Friday Stout. Super excited about that. Yes. And I know I was told not to use super excited, but I am super yeah. excited and I can't yeah. help myself. As the person who edits the podcast, um, the number of times that we use super before an additional superlative and or adjective is too much. Whoa, so, I don't care. Whoa. Super excited about that. Dial back the grammar terms there, buddy. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't think our uh, listenership is that high-minded. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to be that high-minded at the end of this because we're going to be delving into Schwaced. three very high ADD beers. <laughs> Um, you know, so the first one is going to be the uh, Long Island Black Friday Stout. We visited them recently on episode 12, and um, I believe at that point we mentioned that every year we make sure that we hit this release. It's one of our favorite beers, and this year was no different. Uh, it was a little bit of a derailment. My wife couldn't pick it up as usual. She was uh, laid up, so we had to go the day after, but they had plenty left. And actually, I, I didn't pay a lot of attention in previous years. Maybe you guys did. But the release and the, the availability of the Black Friday Stout on Long Island, I feel like I've, I'm seeing it in way more places this year than I have previous years. Mark has been gone for like three weeks, so he has no idea. It, uh, no, Black Friday, I've definitely seen it like out to buy it in the distributors and whatnot. The thing about the Black Friday release day on Black Friday for me is the whole event that they create around it. So that, like, if you go to the brewery on Black Friday – you got a guy that's making waffles that has the Black Friday in the waffle batter. You're putting candy bacon on top of it with a scoop of ice cream. Like that's what makes the event for me. Like it's a great beer, yeah. And but the reason that draws people to the brewery on Black Friday is the waffles. Is that whole, you know, there there is definitely a ritual involved in this beer at this point, and I love it. Come for the beer, stay for the waffles. Yes. So what? We'll we'll have to try. To Actually, I, I go for the you know. I'm usually in Ohio for Thanksgiving, so I, there's only been one time in the past, uh, I don't know, five years that I've actually been able to go to the brewery on Black Friday. But goddamn, if that waffle was not delicious. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, I, I never get to go because my yearly uh, Black Friday tradition is going up to the casinos with uh, two or more of my friends that aren't Kevin and Mark. And um, yeah, I have other friends <laughs> other than you people. <laughs> no, you don't. Well, not really, but yes, I try. I try to. <laughs> I am the only one in your life. Yes. No, actually, you two are the ones, ones, only ones that I'll put up with me on the volume that we that we do. <laughs> that's so. that's probably more accurate. Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> so for the black the Black Friday stout, if anybody hasn't had it, it's a stout. So yeah, you can't see through it, and uh, it's got a nice nice bit of head retention on it. 
And, uh, oh, okay. You we're we're going to drink away. this yeah. one first. Yeah, I, I, I want to rush I thought we were going to give the highlights of what we're going to drink and then go. No, I, I, I'm getting antsy holding the beer. I don't so, play yeah, you at let's, all. Let's hit this. Also, they are all higher alcohol beers, so it's probably good that we talk about them as we go. Yeah. So the Black Friday is an imperial stout, and I think what you have it, you said uh, Beer Advocate had yeah. it as 9.6% alcohol this year? Yeah, this release, 9.6. Right. Mark, do you know anything about the, um, the grist on this one? Uh, new terms specificity no but i'm sure it's got uh roasted barley or black patent malt in there to give it that dark roastiness i know that uh they basically stuffed their mash tun full of grain when they produced this beer which is why it is a once a year sort of limited release because it is uh a large undertaking for them to produce because i know uh uh I believe so like 55 pounds of grain is about 5 gallons in volume. Okay. I was wondering where so, you were going with that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, I'm so <laughs> I thought you were having a stroke. I wasn't sure. So if they're nah, so if 55 55 pounds of grain takes up 5 gallons of volume. Right. And they do how big of a run on this? So I that's what I wear that's I don't know to do the math. size of their mash ton, but the fact that they basically fill it with grain tells you how much grain is getting stuffed into right. this beer. Right, so now, I think we mentioned a little bit in the last episode that you just got back from a vacation from Hawaii. Yes. And I was very happy about one particular picture that you took. You put a, took a picture next to Kona Brewing's, like, a... a Oh yeah, a mash tun, right? Or is that a fermentation vessel? Uh, it's well, it was at some point in time, and now they basically use it as a giant rain barrel. Well, it's cool, and it's there, and the best thing about it is it says twenty barrels on it or twenty-two barrels on it. See, I didn't even notice that. Oh, see, this is what exactly I noticed. It says a certain number of barrels on the size of the vessel, and you're standing next to it. And Mark, you're just about six feet tall, right? Yeah, a few inches shy of that, but okay. Yeah. Well, like, you're taller like, than me. And let's go with I'm, six, yeah. I'm 5'10". We're shorter than Justin. We'll go with six, all right? We're rounding here. I can't do real math. You know this. <laughs> no, right. actually, I think all of our listeners know this. If you listen to our math episode, which I pray to God you did. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the the top of the vessel is, just a li- is probably about eight inches taller than you. So you get the idea of a cylinder that is about, looks to be about four feet in diameter, maybe five feet in diameter and about six feet tall. You're starting to get the size of this vessel. This is where I was going with this. It's gone too far. Let's drink the beer. It's beautiful. It smells fantastic, like coffee and chocolate, and I'm shutting up. So, Mark, I, uh, I, to, to bring it back to the grist that you were talking about, the, uh, the grain bill, the, how much grain they use, when I took my first sip, the lacing afterwards went exactly from the rim where I took a sip straight back down to the bottom and it's still there not moving is that dude is that that directly related to the amount of grain that's in the beer uh well it's related to the amount of protein in the beer and because there is so much uh grain in the beer and a lot of it probably is specialty malts so those uh roasted malts but i'm sure there's also probably some caramel malts in here that give it that sort of residual sweetness to help balance out the roastiness those all uh help add to the uh, protein content, which is going to keep that lacing on the side of the glass and not run immediately back down into the the liquid. Well, I mean, I took my first sip of this one for this year's edition, 
and it's just as good as I remember it. It tastes, um, it goes beyond coffee. It's almost to like that espresso kind of flavor. Yeah, it's super roasty, and it has the a a, a darker beige head on it that looks almost like the crema that you get on top of a good cup of coffee or on top of an espresso. Yes. And I would agree. As first taste, it's doesn't have a lot of it doesn't have a thick mouthfeel, but it has body in there and it has a wonderful dark roast coffee flavor. Um I think I smelled chocolate a little bit more chocolate in the nose than I taste. Yeah, I get the chocolate in the nose. And that's in no way a criticism, it's just analysis of it. And I it's so good. It, 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 uh, every year because you know I, I you can definitely get this beer i mean relatively year-round i mean swiftway um in medford had 2015s on the, the shelf i mean two weeks ago when i was there right so, yeah. but it um i only taste it once a year and it's almost on purpose because every time i do it's like a special moment like yeah, I, yeah. I wait to have it around that time yeah it definitely keeps it special and uh you know with any luck, we'll still be doing this a year from now, two years from now, and we'll finally be able to start doing uh, vertical tastings of the yearly releases of this beer, yeah. which uh, I'm looking forward to doing. Uh, hopefully, we can show uh, restraint and not drink all of the 2016 release before 2018. <laughs> I think that is going to be the hardest part about this, is because I... We have three really big beers to go through today, and we poured out you know, maybe a four or five ounce pour um, for each of us. And I want to go back and drink more of this one right now, but I, I have to hold off because we're going to be destroyed otherwise. Don't worry. We'll come back after we finish recording. Oh, yeah. yeah this is, the um, bottle's open. We can't let it go to waste. No, that we would can't. be a crime. It, it would be a crime. Uh, this, is, this is a super special beer for me, and I use super again. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, it's your own fault. That was me. Uh, one of the things that I, w- I wanted to bring up that I've definitely brought up in the past was this is the this is the beer this and the Ireland um, breakfast out were the two beers that made me realize that the whole coffee thing. I, I, some of you may realize from previous episodes I hate coffee. I've tried a million kinds of coffee. I've never liked coffee. Coffee and beer is the best thing ever. It, I don't know what it is about what happens with the mixture of the grain and the coffee together. Well, that th- flavor there's is no actual coffee in. Oh, no, there isn't. It's just it's just so the roastiness know, that's giving me that. Not in the so Black far as Friday. I know, there's no coffee in the Imperial Black Friday Stout. It, the coffee flavors are coming from those heavily killing barley. Oh wow! Right. That's I mean that's that's even more incredible that there's a discernible flavor for me who doesn't drink any coffee that that could come from that. It's a really interesting thing. Now they do put the coffee. They do put a cold. They do uh, put coffee, coffee in their in, a cold brew out, coffee yes. in the breakfast out. Yep. I knew I knew they did, and it, I get the same sort of. Um, flavor from this and that's why i just assume that they did um as we mentioned before the um i'm not sure that we don't have a grain bill for it or or anything um we knew the abv from beer advocate but i would be, love to know exactly what um what's in it well um i'm gonna start opening up the next guy but um mark why don't you start us off with your rating this year for uh the black friday imperial uh well it's definitely for me i guess i'm gonna have to stick with a growler because think a keg might spoil the specialness or the ritual of this beer for me i agree i definitely uh the 22 ounce bomber that they sell it in definitely is not enough for me 
Uh, I have definitely made waffles at home using this beer. I would recommend it to anyone listening. Going back to the waffles. Yeah, it, it's even, not even with uh, any any stout. Make waffles with it. Just trust me. It might sound odd. Replace the liquid with beer. You're going to love them. I've had, I think I've had your beer waffles. Just I eat anything Mark cooks and... Yeah, I was gonna. I, I was gonna, just gonna ask how you add it in. Whether you add it in with the water. I mean, I'm by far not a cook. I made pancakes for the second time in a decade today, well, and I was just gonna ask when it, which what part of it would you add it water in and and the stout or no, just the stout. Yeah, using the the beer in place of the water or milk that's called for. Like if the milk, if the uh, the protein content and whatnot of the milk is an important thing, you could always mix in some powdered dry milk to sort of bring some of that back in, but you're using the beer to replace whatever liquid is called for to make the batter. Oh, it's interesting. Obviously, the uh, carbonation is going to uh, give it a little bit of uh, fluffiness, etc. Uh, I think pretty much all of the carbonation held by the beer is just lost as soon as you mix it in with the flour because the flour creates nucleation points and whatever's dissolved in the beer, it just f- foams up. So, you know, if you're following my instructions and making... Beer waffles, make sure you mix everything together in a large bowl because you're going to get some foaming. Okay, so I'll uh, I'll put some uh, Wikipedia links to nucleation points just so everybody knows what the <laughs> hell he's talking about. And at the same time, I'll get to learn. So, uh, yeah, so <laughs> a, nucleation. Nu- a nucleation point is, ba- is so when you have carbon dioxide or any other gas dissolved in a liquid, a nucleation point like a you know a glass that isn't really clean enough for beer if you get a pint of beer somewhere and you see bubbles stuck to the side of the glass that means that there's a bit of food or something else stuck to the side of the glass there that's providing a point where the gas is coming out of solution of the beer and creating a bubble on whatever that now bit of- the technical term for that is schmutz uh, I'm sorry yes <laughs> but uh yeah so that's what a nucleation point is. Like that's like thinking if you think back to Diet Coke and Mentos. Ah. Yeah, so the Mentos might look like it's a smooth candy from, you know, your your perspective, but if you look at it under a microscope, you're gonna see that it's all kinds of craggy and whatnot. And all those little crevices and whatnot create points where the gas dissolved uh, the carbon dioxide dissolved in the Diet Coke will come out of solution, and that's why when you drop the menthos in there, it creates a vol- foam volcano. Because all, try- all the gas is that released is at once. Awesome. I know. I was trying not to laugh, not because I was really sure what you were saying, but Kevin was looking back between me to Mark, me to Mark, and I'm like, why, why is he doing that? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, makes just... lot, that makes sense. I just want our listeners to know that the waffles will not explode. They're not nuclear. No, okay. no, yes. <laughs> not nuclear wall. No. So that was our, our long, long Ireland Black Friday Imperial Stout. If you want to check out some more of, the, of what we think about of uh, Long Ireland and our love for them, you can check out episode twelve. That's uh, the last time that we, uh, were, the first time rather that we had them on the podcast. We're uh, moving on now to our second beer. Which wait, is from... wait, did you guys give oh. it a rating as well? No, these are no. The beers See? are killing now me. Justin's no, Justin's trying to cut me off. You're trying to get me back. Yeah, I thought, I thought so. I, I cut myself off too, for the record. <laughs> yeah. like, I, was, I was gnawing myself out of the trap there. I, I'm so, pretty sure we're in uh, agreement here, but uh, you know, why, why don't you 
put it down for the record. Yeah, for the record, I'm also going to stay with a growler. Um, I, I agree with you for the uh, to keep it special, but um, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to keep that out of our out of our, our rating because it's kind of what I want to drink in a sitting. But I think that a growler is the right amount, and um, I, I would appreciate it less if I if I were able to have this all the time. I think I would appreciate it a little less. Kevin, what about you? Um, you know, I I'm going to stick with the bomber that it comes in, um, and not through any other things, but it does have. It, it's again i don't really think there's anything negative about this beer it's beautifully crafted and the flavor profile is outstanding i just don't think i could drink the volume of a growler in a reasonable time to go through it all i want the i kind of don't want to share the bomber with you guys i kind of want to just have that for myself <laughs> but i think to have the bomber is just the right size for it and I, I want to keep it just perfect the way it is. For the record, for the first time, I think I'm not sure again because I'm, I'm never really going out there to pick it up. It's usually my wife. They had this available for growler pours. Oh yeah, yeah. That's surprising. There I know. Was, it, I know they usually reserve uh, a few kegs or whatnot of previous years, so that when you go there on Black Friday, you can do that vertical tasting I was talking about right. at the brewery itself. Yeah, they. They had 2016 on tap. I shouldn't say they had it available for growler fills. I forgot to look at the board. I, in my brain, I assume because it was on tap, you get a growler of it, yeah, which probably, is probably, probably not, not true. Not always true. No, it's definitely not always true. But you could get a fresh poured tap pint of it, which, you know, I think we all know can taste a little bit different. Um, what would be interesting, and I don't know if they, if they do it or not, I don't think so, is if this were on nitro. No, I don't think they ever do nitro on the Black Friday. You know, I usually when I think of putting something on nitro, I think, okay, it's going to add a little bit of creaminess to it. And I don't think we necessarily need that no, in this yeah. beer. I'm not sure that it would benefit greatly from the nitro. You know, no. and not to not to not to say that I wouldn't try it. If they if I saw that at the brewery, I'd go, yeah, pour me one of those. I'll try it definitely. But I don't think it's going to be- I don't think it's going to really benefit the flavor profile in the same way it's not yeah it's not a highly carbonated beer to begin with so by replacing the carbon dioxide with nitrogen uh i don't know that it would have as great of an effect as it does on some other beers well that's interesting because i mean the the first time that i got to really understand the difference between what a a nitro does to a beer versus the carbon dioxide is when we had the hooligan when they first released the hooligan yeah and they had it side by side co2 tap and they had the nitrogen tap on exactly and the nitrogen at least for me was way better and i think you may even like the co2 tap a little bit better on that if i remember but i'm not sure uh i don't remember i usually prefer uh, stouts and such on nitrogen but maybe well so i think that closes out we could probably talk about this particular beer for a long time we've been uh, sampling it and looking forward to it but our next one is from spider bite and this is a particularly special beer because they recently celebrated their fifth anniversary and we went and attended the uh, little celebration they had and got to taste a whole bunch of collaborations way to go larry five years awesome yes clap clap, clap. it was, it was a spectacular time with some good food trucks and one of the things that we came back with was their um boris the spider russian imperial stout that it was aged in bourbon barrels yes which I, we love boris the spider yeah boris the spider i'm a huge fan of that beer and um one of the guys that i work with that i know is another beer fan he's a little older and he can't comprehend the idea of podcasts <laughs> like it, he's just not it's just this he's past the point of learning like how to do that he's that technology's not going to get to him sorry <laughs> you know 
but I did tell him about this, about Boris the Spider, and he finally found it, and he came back to me the next time we worked, and he's like, you were right, man. That beer was excellent. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and there, there's plenty of people around our age that aren't really clear on the podcast concept, because I've had to explain to at least two of our friends, like, not necessarily what a podcast is, but how they can actually listen to it. Which so. is which is for the record for everyone listening, <laughs> you already know. But tell your friends they can go to our website. You can find us on the Google Play now. That's a new thing. If you have an Android phone, you want to go to Google Play rather than you know the RSS feed or anything else. That's a new way you could find us. And right. don't forget iTunes. We're also available on iTunes. Oh, of course we're, we're not available on Spotify iTunes. or iHeartRadio or anything like that, right? No, we're not. Okay. Spotify wants my liver. That's what they asked to charge me to get on there. My I liver. you didn't have a liver anymore. <laughs> no, I'm working on it for this podcast, but I called them, and they were like, no, liver. So okay. we're, not, we're not going yet. All right. No. Sorry, Spotify listeners that enjoy their service. <laughs> what? Maybe if we start getting some, you know, if you, some, if you, if you email us. sponsorship dollars, then we'll worry about that. But yeah, for now, it's not happening. Exactly. Yeah. So coming back to the beer, I love the nose I'm getting out of the glass. It, it is barrel aged. Oh, it is. It is that classic bourbon. Like everything that's bourbon barrel uh, aged, sort of has that sweet. It's, yeah, flavor. it's got the sweet vanilla notes from the oak and uh, like some chocolate roastiness in the background as well. It smells great. I'm gonna taste it now. Okay. I now, saw when you, you guys s- take a taste, why don't you talk? Yeah, about I. That? Um, I completely Kevin's downed been, my first taste this. of it. And- <laughs> Because I, I took a very tiny little sip, and then I didn't even let it get all the way back down to the bottom of the glass. I just tipped it back all the way. Um, but I want I just want to piggyback on what Mark said with the uh, with the chocolate. It's not it's not a sweet chocolate, or even it's not a milk chocolate, or even like the light lighter chocolate flavor that you had from the Black Friday. It's a really dark chocolate, like a really a really rich dark chocolate. If you got some really like cow. Yeah, that cacao flavor, that really very low sugar or milk content in the chocolate bar, like it's there. I I mean that's what I'm that's what I got out of it in the nose, and the flavor. I mean it's got a really dark head to it, um, but the flavor is absolutely spectacular, and it's got a little bit of that. Uh, as I was drinking it, I was looking at kind of the surface of it, and it's got almost that little like oily shimmer yeah, it does have a little bit of oil shimmer on the top yeah there. on the yeah a little bit of oily shimmer that almost looks like a liquor you know like that like like that liquory um just the way it glistens and wiggles and makes me happy on the inside <laughs> it makes my it makes my tongue tingle yeah. like it, it's that kind of uh the kind of beer it really does like it kind of sits on there and i don't know if it's it's not a very highly carbonated thing so it's definitely not the carbonation no but it it, it is a spectacular like sweetness that's been added to from the bourbon barrels to the the, the standard boris spider they need to do this every single year yeah this is another one that i think would be really interesting to uh to save and see if it changes the flavor profile on it a little bit maybe mellows all together well, that that is the plan. I mean, we are. Thank you, Justin, for uh, offering up your uh, bottle for this particular podcast. I'll I still have mine at home, and I plan on forgetting about that in the basement for a couple of years. All so. right, so maybe yours could be two years from now. I'll I'll put mine up next year because it's probably going to be a little closer to the surface. <laughs> uh, but um, oh man, it's it's so tasty, and um, you know, one of the things that Maybe some of the listeners, maybe some of you listeners have tried 
is uh, the Innocent Gun oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think that oh, was Oh, they're, like, uh, they're double chocolate stout? Is that what you're Well, just, just in general. And I think they were the first beer that I experienced that had, like, that rum barrel and bourbon barrel kind of conditioning that I... And when I drank those, they had a taste of almost, like, here's a beer, and I dumped some of this liquor into the beer and tried it. I remember drinking the... Um, one of the rum barrel ones that Innocent Gun makes. They, they make a ton of them, and they're they're. You're, I think you're right. They're one of the first ones to really push the barrel, right? Like, but to me, like when I first tasted it, I was like, "Oh, it tastes like I had a shot, I did a beer chaser, and now this is all together in my stomach." This does not have that taste or that quality at all. It really is a much more refined, combined flavor. That's that's unified throughout and it has a little bit of that bourbony kind of warmth to it that when you finish a good bourbon and you get that nice warm feeling in the bottom of your stomach, lower esophagus, and you're like, all right, I'm happy now I'm warmer. And this is everything tastes good in the world. That's kind of what you get as you finish the sip of this beer. And I like that. This is a perfect winter beer. Oh yeah. As we come around new, you know, we're this episode's going to come out right around new year's and it's perfect for that. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start a reviews on this one. Uh, I'm gonna go with a growler on this as well, just because I think if I had a keg of it, I might end up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna concur on the growler. It's um, a lot of these beers. I, I would like to say keg. I like it. Five out of five. Like like as far as taste, five out of five. But as far as how much I want to have the drink. It's definitely going to be a growler. If you had it all the time, it would get – because of how strong a flavor it is, it would get old. You would you would probably not enjoy it as much as a law of diminishing returns on how much of this you drink. You'd get palate fatigue, and you, it would also put you to sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I don't know if you mentioned this is 10% alcohol, uh, so it's going to make you sleepy as you're drinking it. Yeah, this one, this one is really big and has an even bigger – flavor than the black friday one um and i'm gonna stick to my rating for the other one as well of i want this bomber um and again it's not in any way critical of what the beer tastes like the quality of the beer it's just i can't drink that much of it because my stomach is just not gonna physically allow it like it's tastes like i'm drinking it i'm getting that same feeling of you know when you're sipping on liquor like you're not going to drink a large volume of it um but it's absolutely incredible it's really really tasty and i just i love it man i think this is a great idea and i'm really happy that larry did this and i'm ready to get him go um i don't even know if i will if i need him to do it every year but, um, you know, it's completely a great experiment that is a huge success. Now, one of the interesting things was I was curious about uh, the original Boris Spider, and that's also 10%. So it, there's nothing about the, the barrels, or at least this case in the bourbon barrel, that's going to alter the ABV? I, I mean, it, there can be. It, so 
you're going to lose some water content through evaporation because oak barrels are somewhat porous. So you could have increasing amounts of alcohol from barrel aging, but in this particular instance, it might either wasn't aged in the barrel long enough or they were pretty well sealed barrels or what have you, but whatever the reason, it didn't add a significant amount of alcohol content to it. Yes, and if uh, if the listeners are curious, we did uh, taste Boris the Spider on um, when, we, when we reviewed, or I hate saying reviewed, when we sampled Spider by Brewery uh, in, on episode two. And just to reiterate, on the ratings we gave the standard Boris the Spider, Mark gave it a growler, I gave it a growler, which are both the same, and Kevin gave it a keg. And I'm, that's an interesting thing to me. I'm pretty sure the extra character that the bourbon barrel gave it that extra flavor is probably what pushed you back, pushed you down a little bit, yeah. just because you didn't want to continue to, to drink. Yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that's. And again, it's not that I don't. I and I think we we've talked about it a little bit already. It's just, it's it's a really big, full flavor, and think of it like it's a really rich dessert. You know, like you can't just you can't as much as you want to eat the entire cake, the entire really rich pie or whatever it may be it's just a big flavor with a lot of depth to it that i just can't consume that much of it physically yeah that's something i can appreciate like yeah. i love i love oreos and i find myself eating them often <laughs> i find myself finishing entire no, entire no, family it, size packages of it but by the time i get to that last row actually probably before that if i'm being honest i'm really just putting them in my mouth because i'm continuing to put them in my, in my mouth yeah but see oreos and this and they pay my bills so i love oreos <laughs> But um, they taste like bonus. They do. They, that's the number one flavor in Oreos is bonus. <laughs> it's key ingredient. But that's it. That they're not the same kind of quality of of flavor that this oh, is. I don't want. I don't want anyone not. to get that idea that, no, that was, you're putting no. it like these are as good as Oreos. And I, I, no, no. They, no. Like, I love these. This is like this is like going to the fine restaurant and getting you know their a one dish and this is and you just can't it's so rich to it that's it it's a richness that's the only word i can think of. i understand what you're saying but i'll be damned if i'm not going to try and finish it and that's why i'm rating it as a growler no i that's that's fine i i'm i would probably force myself to drink it also and not, not for you know force myself to drink more of it than i should anyway um so I think it's time to move on to the last one that we have. All right, so this is this the last one is for mustache. It's called Forty Two, and I'll get into why it's called Forty Two in a second. But this is interesting to me because number one, it's a barley wine. I believe this is the first barley wine that we've had on the podcast. Yes, um, I yeah. could say so. Yeah. And in addition to that, this is the uh, the first time we've ever had this anything like this from mustache because the other one we had the original Boris. So this is a bourbon barley Boris, and our perennial. One of our perennial favorites is the Long Island Breakfast Out. So this is an entirely like new. Friday, not breakfast. <sighs> Jesus, ten percent ABV people. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not. <laughs> I appreciate the correction. Not judgment, yeah. just support. No, I understand <laughs> entirely. I just can't believe I did that. So, this is forty-two, and I'm going to read you what it says inside of the bottle. It's a little lengthy. Bear with me, and I'll try not to stumble through it. On September 8, 2014, we brewed our forty-second batch of beer. It was a barley wine, but not the one that's in this bottle. That one went into a wine barrel, and that story was on a previous label. In this bottle, we maybe the answer to life 
the universe and everything, but that may be too bold of a statement. What I can tell you is that it's a big, beautiful barley wine that drinks in much the same way that water doesn't. It may also be some of some note that it rested in a South American rum barrel for 532 days. You may enjoy this now, but you may also want to cellar it and enjoy just before the planet is demolished to make way for a hyperspatial express route. Don't panic. Mustache Brewing Co. So, um, I am not as familiar with um, why this is called 42 as you guys are, so why don't you explain a little bit more? Well, it goes back to my love of the author, Douglas Adams, who is an honorary Python, if you happen to be fans of Monty Python. Uh, Huzzah! He is a... <laughs> A great comedic satirical writer. He is the author of Hicker, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, which is a lovely five-part trilogy, as he liked to describe it. So long, <laughs> thanks for all the fish. Yes, that is, I believe, book number two. <laughs> I, I apologize. It has been a while since I have read them, but I do have the uh, black leather-covered uh, Bible edition. It's I like a delightful to tome. It. it is. Yes. Uh, and... If you're unfamiliar with the series, the whole sort of premise is that Earth was this experiment to finally answer the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. And it turns out the answer to that question is 42. Exactly. No and one knows exactly by, what the question like is. Are like the most, isn't it like mice and dolphins are the most intelligent creatures on the planet? Well, yes. Uh, <laughs> well... Or something like it's, Dolphin, again, yes. It's been a while. Dolph, dolphins are the second most intelligent. The mice are, the mice are really the ones running the experiment, so they don't count as far as the, you know, most intelligent creatures on the planet because they're it's their experiment. Oh, so, okay. You know, it, it's us and then the dolphins, and uh, so anyway, if you <laughs> haven't read the books, read them. If you don't want to read, listen to the old British radio plays. Some of the story beats are different because every time Douglas Adams, uh, so he started out with the radio series, then he wrote the novels, and then he wrote the movie script that was eventually finally turned into a movie a number of years back. I didn't know it was a radio play. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there was also a uh, BBC television series. That's awesome. I'm going to look those up. Yeah, there are plenty of ways to enjoy it. Just keep in mind that, you know, overall – the themes and general story are the same, but some of the beats might be slightly different between each retelling of the story because, you know, he wanted to have some fun, change things up a little bit, keep it fresh for himself as he went along. So, yeah, no, he's he's a fantastic he was a fantastic author, and I really enjoyed that series. And I and I feel like when you finally got me to read that, I went, oh. I understand Mark a little more now. Like this makes more <laughs> sense. Like even though I've known you since middle school, yeah. like when I read that, I'm like, now he makes sense. I get it. Is there a significance to the 532 days in reference to the books, or is that just the amount of time that that was in there? I no, there's no specific tie into the the books that I'm aware of. With the oh, 500, but that is a long ass time in a barrel, like a long ass time. Yeah, it that really is. I mean, um. Have you guys had how many? I I don't usually drink barley wines. I'll be honest. That's usually one of the ones that I kind of shy away from because I think my last experience with barley wine was the Blue Point Old Howling Bastard. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Old Howling Bastard either. And I wasn't really a big fan of it. I didn't. I again, it's been 
it's probably been at least eight years since I've had it. Oh, wow. So. I don't know if to, it's been that long for me, but Old Howling Bastard definitely has a harshness to it. Yeah. I think I believe they really produce Old Howling Bastard with the assumption that you're going to sit on it for a while before actually drinking it. Well, I had gotten it as a sample from the brewery. Okay. And um, I, I was there. I think I was with our friend Cliff. And, like, I had tried that, and I really didn't like it. And so since then... I've been a little skeptical of barley wines, and honestly, this may be the only, the next one that I've tried. Uh, yeah, I might have, I may have had one other barley wine, but I cannot actually tell you what that may have been. So this may only be the second one that I'm having as well. And you know what? I really like this. It's got a great nose on it. There's some fruit character in there, but I can't actually figure out what fruit it's reminding me of on the nose. Well. I think it's um it's it's almost like a pl- it's almost like a deep plum smell to me. Okay, yeah, I like I, I get fruit makes sense. I get plums maybe like ra- uh the yeah, there's definitely raisiny Yeah, Yeah, ra- like raisins. Like it smells uh, like if you're and that you makes know, sense digging into the bottom that... of the box for those last couple raisins, you know, like yeah, and that definitely makes sense being that it was aged in oak for as long as it was. You're going to get some oxidation in there, which is going to give you those raisiny sort of notes. Now, what's interesting to me is this, from the smell, it's it, the smell is very similar to the, the barrel-aged Boris that we just had. But we have a bourbon barrel with barrel-aged Boris, and we have rum barrels with 42. So it makes me wonder how, how much of the flavor you're getting is the barrel, and how much is the combination of the barrel with whatever was in it before. So the uh, you're gonna have because wood is porous, some of the previous spirit fill is going to be still stuck in the wood. So you're gonna have some intermingling of that spirit with the beer after it's filled the second time with the beer. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. So I yes, Justin, I agree with you. There are some similarities in the nose. The uh, bourbon barrel Boris definitely had much stronger vanilla notes in the aroma that I'm not getting with the 42 here. Not to say that that's a bad thing. It still smells wonderful, and I really am am enjoying the taste of this as well. It's not harsh at all like I remember Old Howling Bastard being. It's very smooth. It's not aggressively bitter in any way. Uh... You know, there's not a lot of carbonation here, but it's barley wine. It's not supposed to have it. But I wouldn't say that it is uh, undesirably thick in the mouth either. No, that's one of the one of the most impressive things for me is how it how it isn't. I mean, obviously, we're also you know we're talking about a barley wine versus a uh, versus a stout. The stout's definitely going to sit around more in your mouth with the Boris, and this one is. I mean, I'm not exactly sure what a barley wine is supposed to be. To be honest with you, I have only also had one interaction with it, and it was long before I understood anything about beer, let alone as much as I've learned um, from the podcast, as well as just hanging out with you guys. But it, it it's very it's it's the opposite of what I would consider, you know, with my brain what a barley wine should be. I, I imagine the harshness. The last one I had, whatever it was, it was at Hoptron when they first opened. It was very harsh. This one is is very smooth. It's, it's almost like having um, like a brandy or something. Like it's a, it's a very sipping type of uh, beverage. Yeah, I I think brandy is probably the right descriptor. I mean, again, it has that kind of it has almost that kind of liquor look and consistency to it. Yeah, we we didn't talk too much about the uh, 
the yeah we didn't really here. address the color of it but it's it's a um it has a a, a bit of a reddish tint to it but it is a a dark brown color it's almost like if they made the like the brown glass in bottles like oh, liquid that yes. would be the color of Perfect. it yeah it's, it's exactly like the uh, the Coors Light bottle <laughs> okay yeah. yeah um what what you say, Mark? I said what? <laughs> it looks like the Coors Light bottle, the color of the Coors Light bottle. What? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> this is this is what he does to me all the time. I'm barely Watching paying the interaction attention. Interaction between yeah. that. I'm sorry that yeah. you guys, list, you folks listening, did not get a chance to see that because Mark's staring down his eye, his nose at just, at Justin, like, what on earth are you referencing? <laughs> but um, you know, when you said brandy. That really crystallized what I've been trying to – what I was trying to think about saying is that's how I want to drink this um, at the end of dinner almost like in place of port or brandy is I might have a barley wine yeah. and have a really small amount of it but enjoy it in that same kind of – in that same kind of quality. I'm going to – Take that as a segue into my rating of this beer, and I'm gonna say that the, this bomber is the perfect size for me. I want to have this beer sitting in a high back leather chair in my bathrobe, wearing my slippers in front of the fireplace, and I'm going to drink it out of a snifter and just sip and enjoy and stare at the flames until I finish the bottle. And I'm either gonna pass out in the chair at that point, or you I'm will pass go out of bed. Chair. There's no but other option. You're going to pass out. It is going to be an enjoyable evening, <laughs> and I will be a happy man. This is a this is a killer beverage. It's hard to even call it a beer because I mean it's not. It's like, for me, again, coming from a place where, you know, beer. This isn't like any beer I've had. I mean, obviously, with the barrel aging, they're all going to have the barrel. Did we say what the alcohol character. content on this is? This uh, one is also 10% ABV, if we haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah, okay. the other interesting thing is this is uh, we're currently drinking out of bottle 128 out of 228. So apparently, there are only 228 bottles of this made this year. And uh, I'm going to try to run back real quick and get another one of these so we can uh, we can throw this in my fridge and uh, find my new beer cellar fridge that's digitally controlled. That and would, forget about it for uh, for a year or so. That 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 sounds like a wonderful plan to me. Maybe we can open up uh, if we can get our if one of us can grab another bottle of this. Maybe we can open that up next New Year's Eve to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that sounds a good idea. I I think I think we're all in in agreement that this is a this is not this one's the flavor profile is just so big, and the the strength of it is this is not drinking this is sipping this is yeah it's it, relaxing and mark the the image that you created there of how you want to enjoy this is um is spot on and that's that's really it and uh when you mentioned that i think it was our mutual friend tim that mentioned he wanted to get a fireplace and a whole bunch of cheap brandy <laughs> so snifters one day just so he could smash it into the fireplace like <laughs> in a fit of rage whatever he had to but um it would be a shame to be having this in your snifter and smashing it into the fireplace. I would agree with you there. Uh, because that would be an, it would just be an absolute shame to do that to this. Um, and for me, um, as far as amount consumed in one sitting, I would say it's it could not in any way be more than a pint for me. 
as far as the volume consumed. That being said, I want to make sure that I have a bottle of this, like, in my liquor cabinet or in my wine, in my rack, like, where I can have it available at any given moment. Um, so that's a terrible thing because it just did not give Justin a clear answer on how he wants to fill it in. And he's looking at me going, you're being an asshole again. You're not <laughs> doing what you're supposed to do. And you're, just you're a being way too noncommittal for this. Like, I, I, I need you to commit to a number here. So I'm going to commit to, because I have to have it around, <laughs> making the trifecta for me today, sticking with the bottle. Okay. Okay. I'm super glad. I can, I can now copy and paste bomber from a previous episode. So <laughs> yeah, that's a hard word to type. It is. It is. Well, after the, I, there's no way I can type it right now. I'm telling you that straight <laughs> up. But uh, the, the um, is silent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm also going to, I'm also going to go with bomber for the same reasons that have been discussed. Um, I think that this, this particular episode may have uh, thrown a flaw into the way that we're currently rating the beers, just because the amount that we could drink in one sitting for all of these, if we, if any of us try to drink, I mean, obviously we're never going to drink a keg in one sitting. So the keg is sort of the misnomer to that, but I think we're going to have to figure, figure out a, uh, a way to explain this better. But, um, yeah, we're going to go Bomber. This is a three. It's a three out of five for me. And I'm going to want to drink uh, a, a little bit of it at a time over a long period of time. Yeah. I I honestly, as we open this up and having the three Bombers that we've reviewed today open, I'm, I'm worried about how we're going to finish these, <laughs> to be tr uh, truthful <laughs> with you. And I'm wishing that... I. I don't know if it's gonna work, if it would work, but I'm wishing we had like one of those little vacuum tap seals, like for wine, like a wine thing. Yeah, yeah. to reseal the 42. I was and actually put it on yeah. the side. I was actually just gonna bring that up. I was wondering Mark, if would, there's a product yeah, that work. Yeah, I I know they exist there, you know, but uh, I have not actually purchased any of them yet. But you, they exist. They, they, you know, they're things that you can clamp on the top. They're really intended for wine, but they. For these beers that aren't highly carbonated, uh, it probably wouldn't make much of a difference that, you know, you can snap them on there and vacuum out whatever air is left in the bottle. And uh, that would work well for these. But uh, I don't know, Kevin. Uh, I've got uh, two more hours at least, and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to give it a go and see what we can no, I I think the Bor <laughs> I think the Boris and the Black Friday, we will have no problem killing off. It's really – I don't know if I could do my – do my share of the 42 that's 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 where i'm struggling with it but well what i'm not my, my plan is we'll work our way through those two and um but by then maybe this flavor will uh be refreshing again that's possible we'll, we'll <laughs> find out we'll we'll, uh, we'll let you guys know i'll tell you what i'm willing for our listeners to take that sacrifice and be the person that does that i will put myself out there for you guys and do that for you well, that see, that's, I'm a giver. That, that leads me to something I wanted to bring up. We mentioned in a, in the last episode that uh, I've begun cellaring beer and I have a you know digitally temperature controlled fridge because I'm trying to take things you know to a to a level that's you know probably more than necessary. But I I'm hoping that some of the listeners out there uh, appreciate the uh, the idea of trying to hold on to these things a little bit longer. And honestly, the 42 was the first beer when I read cellaring on the side. It made me Google cellaring. I knew people did it, but I didn't necessarily understand the reason. And I never really understood the reason people did it for wine either. I didn't realize that these beverages changed over time, which, not, you know, knowing what I know now makes far more sense. I mean, there's living culture inside that's going to continue to feed on whatever sugars are left and, and um, all sorts of bacteria that are going to change the flavor. So, of course, me being, you know, the ridiculous well, person I am, wanna, I want to experience that, that. that. Just 
that's mainly true for sour beers for like 42 let's say uh the beer is going to continue to change but it's not really going to be from additional influence from microorganisms it's going to be from oxidation it's going to be from loss of hop character over time so those are going to bring about changes in the beer it's not really so much about continued uh chemical changes brought on by additional fermentation because although uh 42 may be bottle conditioned the yeast that is in there is uh not really going to be doing anything else to change the flavor as you sit on it in your cellar okay that 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 makes a lot of sense that was actually going to be a question i had because i knew that we had um different microflora that are obviously in sour beers that aren't going to be in a barley wine or a stout and I was wondering exactly what would change. And I guess you might thing- actually get a uh, sort of a meaty flavor, which comes from autolysis, which is basically when yeast cells reach the end of their life, they basically explode and spew their guts out into whatever medium they're in. And that, that sounds can, delicious. Yeah, that can lead to a meaty flavor, yeah. which may or may not be what you're looking for. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just want to clarify real quick because maybe it's the headphones that i have on and i can't hear you are you saying meat m-e-a-t yes okay i wasn't sure if you were saying meaty like m-e-a-d no why no. i'm like meat like, I'm like one of those sounds a lot more desirable than the other so i want to make sure i'm clear i'm clear here <laughs> if we can make something that tastes like sausage it'd be good i like sausage <laughs> i feel like when you say though like a meaty flavor like that that it's like Going to that, be that's like, another sound bit right there. I like sausage. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, when you say that though, like, I feel like that's gonna be like, like spoiled meat, not, not good richness, but spoiled <laughs> flavor. Yeah, I, I, I don't really have much firsthand experience tasting what that is, but that's the way I've always read it described, and I can't say that it's something that I look forward to tasting. No, it makes sense. What uh, what got me on this journey really was I follow uh, well not I, I mean our account uh, um, at Beer Tastic Show on Instagram. Um, I'm always looking at what uh, local places are posting and um, places like Port Jeff Beverage, Bellport Cold Beer, and Soda. Um, I've seen posts from them with different beers, and I'm like, oh, that looks great, that looks great. Or maybe even um, I felt we follow Founders, and Founders posted their Lizard of Cause, which is a, a blueberry um, stout, I believe, or yeah, it's, it's dark beer. I can't remember if it's a stout or a porter, but it's a blueberry barrel aged. And I also love reptiles, so I'm like, wow, I need to get that beer. I probably would, would have bought it just for the name in and of itself, but it sounds like a good beer, a cool too. And there's a lizard on the picture. So yeah, there's an iguana right, right there. there. But I went out and I bought a bunch of these, and I'm like, okay, so this idea of cellaring. So I bought two of everything, which if anybody out there who buys bombers realizes that you're quickly spending like you know $100 to buy four four bombers of beer, yeah. two of which you're going to drink in about a year. <laughs> so I, I that's that's the inspiration for the fridge. I realized I was spending a bunch of money on beer, and some of which I wanted to drink later, and I was originally just going to put it in the basement. But my basement's not any temperature controlled, which means in the winter it would be fine. But in the summer, it gets like 90 degrees down here. So I would quickly have wasted my money. Yeah. So to give people just a general idea of my setup, in case you're wondering, I have a Johnson A419 thermostat that I used to use for reptiles. And (laughs) all I did was stick the probe through the the foam part of the uh, (laughs) door. You said probe. I did. (laughs) 
and put it in the refrigerator and set it to a temp. I'm probably going to put that probe in some water. So yeah, that we I, get... was gonna, I was about to ask you if you followed my recommendation yet or not. I have not because I'm curious as to whether it's going to fry my thermostat. I highly doubt that it's going to. And if it does, I'll cry. But I'm going to try it out. I don't think it's going to. And this way we can get the liquid temperature rather than the air temperature, which is definitely different. Well, it's more – so placing it in the water is more about uh, the beer is not going to uh... – the temperature of the beer in the fridge is not going to change as readily as the air in the fridge is. Yeah, that's so, also going to save me on my electric bill right. as well. It's not going to turn on and off nearly as quickly. Right. I have noticed it turning itself on off a lot more often than I would have th uh, thought originally. Yeah, by by putting the probe in water is going to buffer that, and it's going to cut back on the on-off cycling of the fridge and probably prolong the life of the fridge as for your beer celery. It's also, um, kind of, I mean, a good example would be the fall, uh, going to the water in the fall. You know, the fall, the temperature of the water builds up over the summer, and then the air temperature starts to drop over the summer, but the water temperature stays warmer longer because it, water, you know, it holds its temperature for a longer period of time than the air does. Gotcha. Yeah, the water's an insulator. It makes sense. Yeah. Um... Yeah, guys, I I really like this idea of uh, of going after new of going after holiday and seasonal beers like this, the special edition beers to end the year, and I think this is a fantastic way to wrap up um, the end of the calendar year, and hopefully by no means the end of our experiment here. But uh, I just want to wish everybody a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Joyous Kwanzaa a celebratory festivus, um, a delightful Diwali, if you're of the Hindu persuasion, and every other possible holiday that we could have out there. And, um, and of course, a happy and safe new year for everybody. And um, guys, cheers to a great start to a fantastic uh, podcast, I think. Absolutely. To many more voyages. Indeed. Take care, everyone, and uh, stay tuned for more fun episodes in the new year. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.